Time, time. Cassine Jane. Cassine. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here to tell the damn story. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be here with these gentlemen. Woo! What, gentlemen? Who came in? But um, bum Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we, asked, uh, we asked Cassine to come back today. And for uh, some strange and, reason, he did. And he did. So it's his fault, whatever happens. Um, they this, paid me. This entire episode is based on a, on a text he sent me. <laughs> really short Girl, text he said. That? Everybody, he's a teacher. You can't use that. Oh, not that text. I'm sorry. Okay, no, go ahead. No, he said, <laughs> he said, hey, Twilight Zone season two coming. And that's all I needed to hear. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. There you go. So if you if you remember correctly, I, I don't know which number episode it is. We'll put it in the notes or something. But uh, a couple episodes ago, we had Cassine uh, on to talk about the Twilight Zone, and we went through old episodes, new episodes, and now we're kind of looking to the future. And it's kind of a what if conversation because uh, one thing, one gem that uh, Mr. Gaines, uh, he of pop culture uh, mastery, mm. right? Uh, let's let's count off the books. Inside Pee Wee Herman, this uh, un, unofficial story behind the scenes. That's not exactly the correct name, but thank you. Uh, yeah, that just sounds kind of rough. And, and they're right behind me, but I don't, want, you know. And then um, uh, behind the scenes is a Christmas story, and then we have We Don't Need No Roads, right? The uh, behind the story, uh, behind the scenes story of uh, Back to the Future, and then um, oh my God. Okay. I'm gonna clean that up because it's probably it's probably good for sales purposes to actually get the titles right on some of them. Okay, yeah. so yeah. this episode just eyes. to be different, we're gonna allow Cassine to tell you the actual titles. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so real quick, they're inside Pee Wee's Playhouse. Definitely not inside Pee Wee Herman. That's a whole other book. <laughs> really? Uh, inside Pee Wee on that book, right? <laughs> uh, a Christmas Story Thank behind you. the scenes of a holiday classic. We don't need roads. The making of the Back to the Future trilogy and the Dark Crystal. The ultimate visual history. It's hard though because the title. <laughs> The subtitles are all almost the same, but they're like a little bit different. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get away with getting a little tongue twisted over there. Thank you so very much. <laughs> and of course, it also you know kind of tells the tale that I got so excited to speak with you. I didn't turn around and do the 38 seconds of homework and research I should have done. Should have had them right in front of me. Next That's time payback for all the homework or, you do for you. Or if you're so fond of pointing out, it's true. <laughs> it's an age thing. You know, you can't remember oh, the that's title. That's how it is. All right, so I mentioned that. You know, what uh, what we were thinking about was um, uh, Mr. Gaines has uh, in our in our last meeting, he dropped this little pearl that uh, what he had heard was that Jordan Peele was going to keep a stronger hand on the till. For this season, that was kind well, of the new the new Twilight Zone season. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say, Cassine? Uh, if, if I remember correctly, you said that was a um, a bit of a knock on season one. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, you know, Jordan Peele has such a strong voice as a as a writer, as a storyteller, and as a, a social uh, commentarian. Is that a, is that the right Ooh, word? Commentarian. I don't know. I'll look it up. Later. I don't know if Gainesian. that's the right word. It's Gainesian, yes. <laughs> yes. But um, <laughs> nice. Yes. But uh, but yeah, I think anytime he can lend some of that skill to uh, the Twilight Zone established format from 60 years ago, I, I think good things can come of it. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but the, the, you know it's out soon, so we can all be proven wrong or, well, or we'll, proven right. We'll prove right, proven wrong, but it allows us to do kind of that what if. You know, uh, if, you know, like, you know, two and two is four, right? So if Jordan Peele is a strong storyteller with a str uh, equally strong social commentary sense, mm -hmm. and if he's uh, has a pulse over the last four years, you know, even if we go back a little further, you know, even if we go with the last 10 years, there's been such, so much social upheaval. You know, now, um, he has everything in the can by now, so I'm sure the Black Lives Matter, um, Black Lives Matter movement of, say, the last 20 days now, yeah. right? Um, I'm not sure that that, you know, exactly the episode, but I would argue 
that um, anyone who was looking could see that coming, right? Yeah. Because, you know, George Floyd, it was the, uh, the late, not even, it's not even the latest tra tragedy anymore, right? Mm -hmm. How horrible is that? But, but it was so clear and it was, the, the video was so long and all that, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was one of, oh God, you know, I saw you at a um, rally, uh, a couple weeks ago, and your speech, in lieu of the speech, you read off the names, and mm. it, the, the list is awesome. Mm. You know, how could it be so many tragedies to take to get us to Floyd and get us to this? You know, we're not going to stop until we get some real change. But Peel, I mean, Peel did get out, Peel did us, right? Is that the, mm -hmm. is that the yep. second movie, yep. right? Um, that was way before all this stuff. So I would imagine that there's a lot of commentary that he could make. And that's where we're going to dive into the pool today. So yeah, I actually, I'm what just, do you want to see, man? I'm cheating for a second because I'm looking up that I'm doing my homework, but I'm doing it belated, which is my style a little bit. So I just I thought remember. It might be interesting. <laughs> I thought it might be interesting. Um, I just pulled up. They, they have a list of, of episode titles. Yeah, I was just going for that myself. So I'm glad you found it because I yeah, so I, and it took me a second to, to find it. But so I don't know how much can be gleaned from this, but I'll read the titles and perhaps something will spark something. I mean, I don't know. So one of them is called eight. The number eight, just eight. Um, another one is called a small town. Another one is called try, try. You might also like. Ovation, Downtime, The Who of You. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I've seen the trailers for that one. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, a Human Face, Among the Untrodden, and Meet in the Middle. Those are the episode titles. So I don't know if, I mean, there's not, you know, they're, they're uh, coy enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, you know... Everything is colored by by your current experience. Yeah, right? it's so interesting choice it's, of words there, sir. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, some of it is colored with blood, right? Um, half of those I want to lean towards, you know, very current history, you know. But let's play, let's play. You well, said you saw the trailer. Uh, I saw the trailer, uh, and, and it's 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 literally um, very suggestive and 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 limited. You know, I think on purpose. Um, but there's a. I, I must say, my first impression of. I think it was. Again, you know, what's what's that particular title? It's the one something about. It's the. It's an identity thing. Do you know who you are? Who you? Yeah, really the who of you. The who yeah. of you, which is who of you. There's there's a there's a uh, an. An ominous, like, like I remember the season one when they were promoting season one, there was a lot of the curious, bizarre feel to it. It was a little surreal. It was almost like you might be a little high as these things were happening. You know, a little, oh, wow, that's what, oh, that's interesting. You know, the visuals even suggested maybe you're a little dizzy or things like that, like your equilibrium was off. But with the, the new trailers, in particular this one, there's a, there's a, an ominous tone about it. There's a feeling that's that feels like this. Just behind it is a little something threatening. Mm. It's a little something yeah. might be dangerous. And yeah. I'm wondering if that's deliberate, you know, in terms of his approach to the second season, or if that's the way they cut the trailer. Mm. Because, you know, either way, it's pulling you in with a different tone. And mm -hmm. I found that just just that little that because when you know as a detective you look for clues just that little bitty clue suggests a different not a completely different approach but certainly they're they're mixing the tone up a little bit. Well, you know one of the things that that I remember from our last conversation I don't remember who of us said it but you know there's there's a a personal aspect I think to some of our favorite Twilight Zone episodes where they really encourage you to look within. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like a lot of the first season was really asking us to look at the societal global issues without without doing as much of a, um, a case study of the personal, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if if that is a shift towards that. Even I mean, even that title, 
I can't even remember it. It's so it's so tongue twistery. The who the, the who, who of you, yeah. The who of you just it's so it sounds so incredibly personal. Um and so incredibly looking around the who of you. You know, we are a group, but somehow it focuses back on the individual. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But uh <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'll I'll just throw out quickly that this there's another episode title that follows it on the on the form that I'm looking at. It says a human face. Yeah. So you've got the who of you, and then you've got a human face. I mean, both of these question identity. Mm-hmm. You know, make me think about identity and in, either introspection or as you look at others, what are you seeing, and is that what you're really is supposed to see? So again, you know, this is speculation. I mean, Chris, what do you think? Chris, Chris is chewing. Oh, did he free? Oh, no, he there he is. Chris, you okay? I'm fine. Oh no, okay. Did you hear the? Oh, I, I thought your screen froze. Did you? Uh, Alex was tossing it to you with a, asking you what you thought. Well, Alex froze, so I didn't hear him toss. Oh. Um, I would say <laughs> I would say two things. I'd say one. Um, you know what? First, the the punchline. You know, uh, the actual truth about the who are you is it's a um, it's a societal study of the Pete Townsend in each one of us. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Crash. Um, I think I think if you look at the who of you and a human face in in terms of, you know, overt racism or cronyism or the just the complete abusive elements of society that, that have come to the come to light over the last several years. That might be what, you know, what they're looking at or what they want us to look at is, you know, let's go with that, um, that video of, um, who was it, Pete and Ann or whatever their names were, and Amy, Pete and Amy. Uh, did you see this? They, uh, this is a couple, young white privileged couple or maybe not so young white privileged couple came up to a guy who was painting or Black Lives Matters on the front oh, wall. Yeah, it was on the his... house. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, you know, you can't do that. If you say it, you have a right to say it, but defacing property. And she even said, I happen to know the owner. And he was like, oh, you do, do you? Because <laughs> he owned the property and she couldn't conceive at all that this person, uh, you know, a person of color could be her actual neighbor. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I may have to call the, we may have to call the police and go do that. This will be fun. I'll be right here. <laughs> and filmed it the whole time. And he never, his, he wasn't going to uh, capitulate, but he also didn't lose any of his, you know, calm or anything like that. But she, once it went viral, she uh, video and released um, an apology saying that when I saw that, I was, I was shocked. And at herself. really disappointed in myself. At myself. <laughs> and this is what, you know, because she got to see the who of her, you know? Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, since we're kind of what-ifing, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's such a key, and it's, it, of the three of us, I'm the wrong guy to be saying this, because it feeds right into what they, what people don't want right now, which is the white guy coming up with the solution screw that, you know, but it is what society needs to do, which is to take a look at what you really are, Mm -hmm. you know, the police department don't want to hear that, you know, they're being equated with the guy who could keep his knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, but look at him, he was calm, you know, and again, you were kind of referencing Chappelle's piece, and if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Dave Chappelle, 846, go and see it. Um, but he says the guy had his hand in his pocket. He was calm, you know. But let's pull out a little bit, and there's three or four other cops, three other cops, and they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to get in trouble here, but off camera that you could hear citizen voices. And we are so programmed that none of us, I'm saying us in the general sense, the generic us, none of us felt justified 
to throw a flying tackle on that asshole and get him off the neck, you know? Because cop badge, he's the authority. He was clearly murdering that person, clearing murdering Mr. Floyd, right? And we really have to rethink it, and that's what's happening now, you know? Mm -hmm. Whether it's defund police or redefine what a police department is, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, uh, take uh, qualified immunity off the table. There's a lot of really compelling discussions to be had and actions to be taken. Mm-hmm. We see the feds on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, given you know weak uh, uh, um, service to this. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna oh, we're gonna do these things. And once again, they're crap. You know, I think I think we need sustained discussion of who the who are you? All of us. I'll shut up for a while. Face. Yeah, where is the human face? Um, I just noticed here as I was looking at um, some more titles because I'm I'm searching the web as we're talking. Uh, one of the articles that was written about the upcoming second season repeats several times. While story details for the Twilight Zone season two have yet to be revealed, as Peel clearly wants to keep the surprises surprising, and then it goes, <laughs> you know. So there's there's a whole big Good. thing about how he's keeping keeping it all on the down low until like he just releases all ten episodes at once, and we binge like crazy. But you know, I mean, I think that's fine. That makes perfect sense to me, building anticipation and whatever. But he actually wrote at least one of the episodes because we were talking earlier. I think it was mm. you. Chris? said something about, or, or maybe it was Cassine, but either one, you, you guys look so much alike. Uh, one of you said, one of you said about- It's a human face. Strong writer. It's a human face. You know, well, you both have hairy faces. That's what it is. Um, so, but he's- It's, he the, episode called it's the dead sexiness. That's what it is. <laughs> dead, dead, his, oh God. I could dead say so sexy. much. Anyway, he wrote the episode Downtime. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's another thing to be thinking about. He's producing- uh, I don't see him getting any director's credits here, mm. so I assume he's not directing. But I say I assume, but he's definitely he at least wrote one of the episodes. And I'm I'm sorry to say I don't recognize the name of some of the other writers, which bugs the heck out of me because I used to be yeah. my at that. Well, uh, you know, I think now, this whole thing is is getting to. I'd be interested to see because I I hold Jordan Peele in in pretty. High regard. Um, I'd be interested to see how much he was able to tap into some of where we find ourselves now, whether it was, you know, I think something like COVID obviously would be difficult to predict, but I think you know, perhaps it is possible to predict this idea that the government is telling you we all have to do something for the best interest of of the country, and you have some people saying, I'm not going to do that. I don't believe it. That's fake news. I mean, that you know, something that that aspect of it is something that perhaps could have been predicted. Um, maybe not with a pandemic, but maybe with something. Um, I don't know if any of the titles necessarily suggest that, but you know, as Chris said before, something like Black Lives Matter is obviously something that could have come up in this season. You know, it's it, that's not the 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 urgency of it is sort of new. Um, but I'm curious to see how much these episodes speak to where we find ourselves now. And um, if they do, if they really do, that will just be a credit to the writers and and filmmakers as sort of being able to really have their pulse on what was perhaps percolating a couple months ago that we didn't, you know, we didn't all know was going to come to a head in this way. Right. But I, you know, all three of us love story. You know, and one of the reasons we do this podcast is because it's such a big part of who we are and 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 how we gain at least spiritual sustenance, right? And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, they have strong social commentary because you know we, like you like you you said before we got on, uh, someone was concerned about whether the conversation would still be relevant. In July, the conversation has to be relevant until it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, for the right reasons, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just because it's a, 
you know, it's a headline that that or or uh, uh, an event that has been happening uh, for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. That doesn't mean that the mindset has shifted, and we're not seeing each other as others anymore. You know, I mean. Floyd didn't, Mr. Floyd, George Floyd, didn't break new ground. I, was, I hope that doesn't sound disrespectful. Cops were killing people of color frequently mm-hmm. for years and years, if not decades, if not centuries. So that was on the table. And for someone like Jordan Peele, who has already gone into, uh, you know, get out, we're going to make part of this audience uncomfortable because we need to. I mean, he's already set precedent for that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that, you know, good story well told, but one of the reasons we talked about Twilight Zone before and one, one of the reasons we're talking about it again is because it has been... Um, and I would say... It, vessel, right? Or be, yeah, vessel is yeah. a good word. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and we're hoping for it to be again. But can I ask you then? So this, this. Can I can I just throw out one thing? Quick? Yeah, yeah. You were saying, uh, Chris, that um, you said something about not knowing if there were any of the episodes that might speak to what you were speaking about at the moment. You know, because we haven't obviously been able to see them yet. But I found two two titles that I find intriguing that sort of fit around what you were talking about. And one of them is Meat in the Middle. You know, that that conjures up all kinds of possibilities in my head. And the other one, which is even more intriguing, Among the Untrodden. Mm. Now, that one's got some weight to it. I, I'm uh, real curious where they go with that. Let's, let's play with predictions, okay? Well, wait, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, uh, Cassine wanted to ask something. So, Cassine, you well, actually, work is, that out. No, this yeah. is good because what my, my question is sort of a... a overarching question which i think can can feed into speculating you know the best you know as we've all spoken about before twilight zone is a 60 year old uh perhaps franchise is the right word at this mm-hmm. point um, yeah, this is the third incarnation of it not to mention the movie yeah so so you know and and the episodes hold up because you know an episode made in 1959 can in a lot of ways still play like an episode written for 2020. And so I'm I'm curious as to in what ways we would like to see, um, you know, one of the criticisms we had for this, this first season of this iteration of the show was that it seemed like it was so specific to some moments where whether it was immigration or Me Too, like some, it was just hyper-specific in some aspects. And I'm wondering if there's a way that we can sort of imagine it commenting on some of these issues that are really direct and happening now, but in a way where 60 years from now, it may, it may still feel relevant universally. Mm. Well, we had the, who are you? The who of you human face. And what were the two you just mentioned? Um, Meet in the middle, in the middle and the untrodden in the middle and among the untrodden, among the untrodden, the who of you, I hope, or I would speculate, um, you have to, you know, you have to really self-reflect. The guy doesn't did did something that he didn't realize he was capable of doing. You know, uh, that's where a viral video, video might go and that kind of stuff. Um, human face, I would say, has a great opportunity to force opposing sides to see each other's humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. The um, meat in the middle, I hope, is not what we what it sounds like because I don't think a middle is where we need to be. I think that we've been ninety nine one for so long that fifty fifty is not going to be enough. We mm. got to kind of go way over to the other side and then eventually bounce out. And uh, among the untrodden. I think that's about white privilege. You know, I think the untrodden is the very, uh, the upper scale of them. Very, very, you know. 
It's mm. so white that uh, even white people are not white enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a subversion of the expectation you're saying there. The, mm -hmm. I, now, what what I would find funny is if mm. the episodes go nowhere near whatever we're speculating. <laughs> That's part of the fun, though, right? <laughs> that is. Yeah, you know, that would that would be cool because I mean, you know, we don't. We don't know where Jordan's head was when he was approaching this season. I, I will quote just a line or two from one of the online uh, film or media review uh, uh, zines, a screen rant, uh, which, which said something, again, looking at the trailer that I had mentioned earlier, and of course, as I go to say something about it, the, the bloody trailer thing disappears. I hate when that happens. But... Um, they, they were suggesting something similar to what I was saying is there was this feeling like, my goodness, this, this is going to be slightly uh, more intense. Oh, here it goes. Included above is the official trailer for The Twilight Zone Season 2. And while it reveals little about the different episode stories, it does set a decidedly unsettling and unpredictable mood. Hmm. So, you know, again, they got, or whoever uh, wrote the article, got the same feeling that I got when I was watching the trailer. I said, ooh, that's, that's a different tone. That's a different mood. Uh, and it's showing, you know, it's not staying on one episode. It, it, it started with one place, and then it moved around, much like the other one. It gave you little snippets. But, I mean, you know, again, all the things that we're thinking about these titles could allude to or s set us up for could go, you know, in totally different directions, uh, which, you know, again, which is playing that game. Um, and I, I'm, I'm eager to see it. By the way, folks, in case you don't know, uh, the second season drops June 25th, so we don't have to wait that long. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a matter of a few more days, and as I understand it, they're dropping all 10 at once. Right. Last time they didn't do that. Last time they rolled them out. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be like Daredevil, folks, for all you comic book geeks. You know, you can just, you know, grab some popcorn and whatever, you know, beverage and just sit there and roll through them. You know, but again, I wanted to, you know, in Alex, you picking out those two other titles, it really it, it's highlighting for me the way it sounds like these episodes are looking at the individual within the collective. Again, like the who of you among the downtrodden. It seems like there's this this group. And, you know, perhaps who in this group is going to stand out among the group? You know, I'm almost getting a sense a little bit of like, is it something like Monsters Are Due on Maple Street or something like that, where mm -hmm. there's a small community and they're, they're looking for who, you know, who among them, right? You know, like, you know, who among them is the, the, the different person and maybe the different person is good. You know, maybe the different person is, you know, to, to go back to Chris's, um, you know, description of the George Floyd, you know, situation where you have all of these bystanders and no one intervenes because of the power dynamic there. Maybe, maybe the it's just might uh, have been a factor too. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I think, you know, perhaps part of it is either, standing up, standing out, you know, positively, negatively, differently. Um, you know, perhaps it's about the enemy within, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it isn't, you know, maybe it, it is about the enemy among us in that very monsters are doing Maple Street sort of way. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the dark as much as anyone else, but I, it seems if, like there's something there. If you look at uh, the visuals of the coming attractions, right, there's a sign like a, a tarot psych, psychic type store, and it says, find out who you really are with a big eyeball, you know? Mm. And um, there's a, a, a guy comes through the... Um, curtains. Like, the string curtains, you yeah. know? And there's a customer who is looking progressively more shattered that is uh, at the store. There's a burning tarot card. There's him. The store is closed, and he's kind of like this on the... Uh, like the uh, accordion-type metal grating that covers the store. So be careful what you ask, what you, uh, ask for, right, or you wish for. Mm. He may have wanted to know who he really is and then not liked what he saw, well, which is, would be pretty cool, right? Well, um, would you, you know, just, just since we're spitballing, I mean, you know, if you – it's a very Twilight zone -y premise, but, you know, would you – 
if someone could, if you could go to some sort of psychic or go to some sort of person and they could show you who you really were, you know, the way that people see you or the way, you know, what's really going on in your head and all of your, uh, you know, your, your internal thoughts and feelings and, and prejudices and all of that, would you, would you take that deal? Would you want to know who you really are? I, I think that would be terrifying. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the whole thing about how everybody, you know, the, the old storylines I used to explore some years back was everybody wanted to know the future, wanted to know the future, wanted to know the future, and then find out, oh, damn, you know, that's not what I was hoping I'd see. You know, you right. find out that everything goes to hell in a handbasket or, you know, it's a nuclear holocaust and you're going to live through it. It's all these things that they, they were always hoping to find gold at the end of the rainbow, as it were. And instead you find desolation or whatever. So it's like, yeah. be careful what you what you wish for. Or, or you know, the, the apocalypse, apocalypse is coming and you're going to cause it. You didn't wear the mask. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, what, was yeah, it? Yeah. what was the one with Burgess Meredith? Uh, time enough now? Yeah. Time yeah. enough. I don't know if it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Time enough. And, and you know, there is a whole thing. I, I just want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. I just, people always bother me. I just want to let them say, I can reach, I can reach. Boom. Major Holocaust, right? Everybody's wiped out. You're the last person standing or sitting on the steps, as the case may be. You got all these books. You got plenty of time to read. You break your glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I always had a problem with that uh, episode because Meredith could, he could find those glasses and put on the little bits that are and go to a, a glass <laughs> and break yeah, in. You're, you're that kind of guy. Every you know? glass until he had them, and then they'd be like, that ah, good. I don't like." You're the one who says Jack and Rose could have. I just figured when you together. look at all the rubble around him, wow, wow, taking wow. a long time to find anything that might work. That's going to be a road to hoe for a while, you know. We also have, um, you know, there's the grand images that they're giving, right? And there's um, there's what look like um, watches or glasses or something pulled to the side. There's a highway, um, a visual highway scene. Of course, you get candles and all that. It's always mystic and stuff. But the highway scene looks very devastating. You know, like something has happened to stop everybody in their tracks. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, the suburban home, some kind of huge tent, like Arctic tent, you know. So I think we're going to a few different places. Um, I just passed the highway thing. And... Uh, She's turning around, and all the cars are stopped, and everybody's out of their cars. And in the background center is a kid with a bunch of multicolor, like soft color, balloons. Hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, what's happening there, and all that sort of stuff. There's a little kid with a little stuffed animal in alone in the woods. Okay, there's. So I I think we're gonna go to a bunch of different places. Uh, there's, there's an attic. They keep showing images of an attic with old toys and tchotchkes and that kind of stuff. Um, so that has to be some like link to the past and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I just think there's a lot here. Find out who you really are, yeah. Um, someone's playing with a cassette, so, so all the kids will they'll need like, <laughs> footnotes. <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> you know, let's play a game here for a moment. You just you just cued that one right in. Let's play a game for a moment. I mean, we're all writers. Yeah. So, so what? Yeah. You know, let's pick a title from this lineup. What would you do with it? Oh my. Well, how about this? You pick a title for one of us. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> and then and then we get to pick one for you. Okay. All right. So so I got it. I got to go. I got to start with Cassine. Oh, pressure's on. Oh my yeah. goodness. The human face. Oh, the human face. You know, I I get the sense that the human face is is a play on the eye of the beholder. I, I know you love that episode. <laughs> and and that's 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 where I go with it. But I do I I would hope that they're not gonna do the same thing. And I, I think I like the idea of questioning what it means to be a, a human who who counts as a human um you know perhaps 
someone is different because of race. Perhaps someone is different because of gender. Perhaps it's a, you know, a planet of men or a planet of women or a planet of white people or black people or whatever the case may be. And the person um, who is being seen as not belonging is just different, not bad, not, not, not good, but just different. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking, but I, I would like it to sort of explore that idea of what, what it means to be included. Um, because I think we, we very much so, um, globally exclude people based on immigration status, based on, you know, I have a personal gripe when we talk about, you know, uh, local politics, we talk about like, you know, well, I'm a taxpaying resident, as if, you know, renters have no say in <laughs> what goes on in their um, their municipalities, you know. And so who gets to count as human and what it means to really look at someone and see someone as part of the tribe right. is something that I would I would like to hope that the episode would go in, in that direction. I want to take it in a different direction. How about aliens coming in and trying to assimilate by constructing mm. a human face? Mm. Right? And, and well, which human that face? Takes, and that takes me to an episode of Star Trek. Um, Wrong show. No, no. <laughs> Star Trek. Uh, oh, God. It's not Enterprise. It's not Deep Space Nine. There's uh, a character in Star Trek Deep Space. Uh, Odo. Sure. Did you guys write? Okay. <laughs> he puts on a human uh, phys physiology. And, and a pseudo face, but that's not his true form. And he has to maintain that day to day, except when he goes to bed at night, he becomes this sort of golden ooze in a bucket mm. until the next day. You know? So do I. Yeah, I'm not even going to discuss that. <laughs> but you know what? Now, Alex, you're, see, this, Chris has inspired you, has inspired me. I'm thinking about um, that, that great monologue in uh, Kill Bill Volume 2 with David Carradine talking about Superman mm. and talking about Superman's human face, his human persona being Clark Kent and the way that Superman inter you know, interprets what it means to be a human weak, needing glasses. I'm looking at all of us wearing glasses right now, you know, uh, being a working stiff, wearing a suit, you know, and awkward, <laughs> awkward, you know, that is the costume. That is the pageantry. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking about that, too, in terms of perhaps the commentary on the way we really are. You mm, know, right. maybe it's something that that only aliens, only aliens could make that commentary. I, I want to take it one step further based on you your do. Superman reference and then turn it around to one of the things we talked about first. Your Superman made me think of, you know, Batman. You know, and I don't know who said it to him or about him, but, you know, uh, the, the statement was Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman wears, mm. you know, and the idea that he completely you know, through his um, trauma, he completely lost his humanity and became just vengeance, mm. you know, and he lost himself in this costume, which brought me to police and how the society is asking demanding even that they reassess who they are away from this paramilitary avenging force that sees everybody as other or enemy and back to you know the kind of cop my father was when he first started which was you know community policing where they knew him and he knew them and and it's I'm oversimplifying of course but, you know, one idea begets the other begets the other. So, or, or wait, wait, we got to do bagels. this. Maybe you bagels. did this. You, got, you guys were throwing stones and skimming the water, right? So we went from the idea to this to this. To this. <laughs> you, you went from, from, uh, from Odo in Deep Space Nine to Superman. Superman went to Chris, who then made you, made you think of Batman. So no, I got to bring an icon. I got to bring icon. icon, right? You got to explain a little bit because Icon's been away. Well, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Okay, so <laughs> Icon was one of the many characters created by Milestone Comics, which is a, a, an all-black owned company, which eventually got sort of absorbed. But bottom line, they distributed through DC, and they had a whole line of Static Shock being the most well-known character. 
then also Icon Hardware and a few others. Um, but Icon was an alien who came to Earth during the, the years of slavery. His, his, his rockets crashed on Earth. He was a, he was a, a form that looked... I, I can't even remember his exact form, look, but he took the form of... A, golden he, Ooze, I think. Yeah, probably Golden Ooze, right. Yeah, that's a great restaurant name, right? Anyway, this form, he took this form, he was among the slaves, so he saw black people, so he, he was able to morph into a childlike form of a black person to hide the fact that he was from other places and was raised and, and, and assimilated and began, began to know the Earth experience, because he was trapped here, I guess, um, through those eyes. Now, for whatever reason, he's immortal or close to it, because he's in present day now, keeping his alien identity still unknown, but eventually becomes Icon, this superhero character who has very close to the same powers as, as Superman, or a, a lot of those powers. And the funny thing about it, he's very conservative. He's almost Republican in a way, right? He's wealthy, he's got this, he's got that. So it was a whole big thing. The big discussion around that comic book was, wait a minute, you had all them damn powers? During slavery, you didn't do squat. <laughs> and he gets hit with that from a, a, a teenage girl who's, who eventually becomes his partner, sidekick, whatever you want to call it, who's, like, who's raised in the urban environment. What, what's up with that? You know, what, why didn't you do something, right? And so, again, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So we just make, bring that one back to Spider-Man. But this is so, what happens when you riff. By the way, folks, this yeah. is what happens when writers or creatives riff on an idea, on a kernel of something. And, go ahead. And before we go to the next round of riff, I'd yeah, like to speak directly it. to the people, the powers that be at DC Comics. At this time, in this country, it would behoove you, and it would be a great public service to reboot Icon, Static Shock, and Blood Syndicate. That would be in proper hands, meaning people of color. Those would be intriguing comics that we need right now. Now, Kasim, you were put on the spot by Mr. Simmons. So yes. I think it's only fair play that you ask him to go first. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Chris? I, I I was going to I was going to choose you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna allow oh, you. I'm sorry, oh, we have Chris. no more time this week. No. <laughs> Damn, no, Alex, <laughs> Alex, I'm gonna I am gonna choose you, and choose you. Okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna the dating game. This is this is the the big. Pokemon, I'm gonna ask Pokemon. you to choose the title of downtime. Ooh. I'm gonna ask you to to use downtime. Wow. Wow! Wow! No pressure, no pressure, but that's no, the one. None at all, none at all, none at all. You know, this this is kind of bizarre because the very first thought that flashed into my head immediately it's like slipped right out the, the other door and pulled in this other one behind it. So again, just to dis demonstrate how minds work, because I always say this to my students, the first idea is not necessarily the best. Okay, so my first idea had to do with an individual. And, and the experience he or she would go through uh, when they were out of work. It was some, that was a very, very first flash idea that came in. And just as quick as I was about to say, what would I do when it was gone, replaced by, and I think this came from an actual event several years ago, but not as horrible as this. We were reacting to, just a few weeks ago, the, the, the looting and everything like that, and, and of course the... Um, the uh, 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 lockdowns and, and, and the police and all that, the, the curfews, there we go. And it made me think of the power grid crash that occurred a couple of years ago. Ooh. And I just, those two ideas sort of mashed together and then that guy came back in. <laughs> you know? And then so what I got was, I got this idea of what if, because again, we always talk about everything's on computers, everything's this what if literally some small, tiny, tiny insignificant thing happens that brings down all power globally? 
and immediately shuts down the globe completely. We have no electricity, we have no atomic power, we have none of the things that maintain the system, we have none of the things that maintain our food sources. We have, it's all down one night simultaneously. I guess we you know, go around the globe, it would be different times of the day, but suddenly it's all gone. We have, I mean, instantly, how would, and you can see it, how would the world react initially and how long would it take for chaos to ensue? And what, if anything, depending on how you want to end this, what you want to, as my students know, I always say, what do you want to say with this piece? Where do you want to leave your audience? Do we survive this? Do we rise above it? Do we go down the toilet? What would happen? Because there's no way to reach out for help. Even the most privileged, it's all gone. It's all gone. Hmm. Down hmm. Would we I had, a, I had a more limited... Uh, Downtime, rather, yeah. A limited version of that. I was just thinking that, it, and we used to way back before games was, you know, allowed online. Uh, we used to have downtime while you know the, the you know AOL or some ancient thing, oh, was, yeah. right? I don't know what. Right. What if you know? Since we're playing, what if? What if all the tech? All the tech crap? The tech. Yeah, and then people have to try and figure out how to communicate, mm. how to... It, it would be a situation where they'd have to kind of reclaim a chunk of humanity that has morphed into something completely different now, you know? You know so that's I, where I thought downtime. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I hear you, and, and that, that is a story in and of itself. I think one of the things that... But you're wrong, Ryan. <laughs> no, it wasn't what I did. I, well, actually, I wasn't. No. <laughs> I, one of the things that, that's always intrigued me was a life experience I had uh, twice. Oh, um, okay, man. Was the first one, I was in junior high, you know, and we Low would... the light. We would, we would, you know, we would, we would make campfires and, uh, you know, everybody would... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I was in junior high, and I was watching Superman. I was home, I was watching Superman. Damn evening with George Reeves, not Chris, and suddenly the TV set went dead, and then the lights went out, and then suddenly we realized over a period of a half hour calling out the window, our neighbors were also without power, and, and slowly we began to realize that all the power had gone out in the city. And during that blackout, which was the first one that I was aware of in New York City. Was that the 68 one? Yeah, that was the 60, yeah, 60 yeah, something. I was six. See? No. Anyway. <laughs> What happened then was very different from the second blackout we had back in the 80s. What happened in the 60s was literally people helped each other. The second one was in the summer of 1977. Literally, there was almost no, no recorded, no news item, robberies or attacks, anything, no looting, no smashing in the 60s. Shop owners actually came back to their stores and opened up so people who could not get home had some place to sit. Restaurants let some people sit there and have meals and talk and shoot the breeze through the night into the next day when power eventually you know, came back. As opposed to the second one that happened in the 80s where we lost 77, our... 77, summer of 77. Yeah, 70s, right. And we lost our damn minds. And, and it was more brutal. It was almost like society went, oh, I'm going to get mine this time. You mm. know, suddenly it was like, it was a complete, as a matter of fact, it was a black couple that had grown up in a neighborhood, I think it was in Brooklyn, moved away to California. They weren't a couple. They had grown up there in the same neighborhood, knew each other, moved away separately, built their careers, met up again in California, had money, decided to go back to the neighborhood, give back to the people, got a couple of old brownstones that were just tossed and sh shot, remodeled them, had one finished and the second one almost finished, and they were the first one was going to have you know, a way for the people, for the community, a couple of them to actually have decent, low-rent apartments, all that. Blackout hit. Folks lost their mind in the neighborhood. Trashed both buildings. 
And the couple were on the news the next day on television saying, we're out of here. Mm. We're gone. We are gone. So for me, it was all of those things filtering in. Again, I tell my students, I know you do, Chris, and I'm sure you do, uh, Kasim. What you see, what you've experienced, what you know, what you learn, all these things filter through you as a human being. And most certainly, if you are a creative, it filters through you and it comes out in your art. Mm. To me, you know, are we so far <clears throat> desensitized as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a race, a human race? Are we so far lost that if you took all of this stuff away, we would all just lose our friggin' minds? Or would we have to reconsider our positions and then, like what happened between the, the protesting that started out very physical and anger and all that, morphing back into uh, something more peaceful and still being intense, would we be able to walk that path or would we just decide, screw it, you know, the whole world, let the whole world burn? Well, I, I actually feel like it might be some hybrid of the two. You know, I, I think about how much in the beginning of quarantine I was reaching out to family out of state that I hadn't spoken to in years and I was mm. connecting with. And these, you know, those were phone calls I could have made six months ago, you know, but I, <laughs> I but something about being isolated made me say I'm going to reach my tentacles as far away as I can and bring mm. people closer to me. And that novelty very quickly wore off, I mean, <laughs> to some extent. Um, and I, I do wonder almost exactly how long the tipping point would be. You know, when you tell people we're going to have some downtime for, you know, the power's out for an hour, the power's out for six hours, the power will be back up tomorrow, and that downtime is indefinite. Mm -hmm. um, at, at what point does it make you? And of course, you know, part of that is informed by our current situation that's making me go there. But at, at what point do we either do we as a society make a decision that we're going to get through this together and we need to start connecting mm -hmm. or it's truly every man for himself now? You know, and, and those two things, it, only one of those those can survive, you know. I and think. just to be politically correct, it's everyone for their self. Yes, yes, everyone for themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Just you know, don't want to <laughs> come in after us later. Right? <laughs> and and I think like every other social upheaval, there's going to be those who are willing to move forward, anxious to move forward, uh, and energized to move forward, and then there's the others who drag their heel. Yeah, and and the cycle goes that the people who are dragging their heels, they tend to be the rich and powerful who have it, and they win a couple of rounds, and then there's the huge upheaval. Right. Well, I they, think they win in my film. Anyway, look, I noticed. I you just think, have to clock, I think clock. we have to I clock. Think, okay, we will. I think that we're at that point now, and I think creatives, you know, uh, are going to be the people who extend the conversation, you know, and I, and I, I think that this could be a very positive season for the twilight zone right. in well, that ultimately that they're asking yeah. us to examine our humanity and reclaim our humanity. Let, and that's hopeful. Cassine, you get to, you get to go at Chris now too, because I oh. spent a lot of time with him. Oh, oh, I get to give Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do. You See, get Chris, you know, I just wrapped up the episode. Chris was trying to watch the clock. Make sure you, uh, yeah. thanks. Yeah, and that's see, how you yeah, tell the damn story. <laughs> we'll see you next yeah. week. But, but, but first, <laughs> go ahead. All right, all right. I'm gonna Here throw go. you. I'm gonna throw you a big curveball. I'm gonna give you a title that we haven't spoken about at all. Okay. This one is called "You Might Also Like." You okay, might so, also like. Right. So I would say that's probably taken from the algorithms that we that run our lives now right and how uh if you look at something in youtube right then the next six or seven days they're showing you something similar yep. you might also like same thing with amazon or barnes mm -hmm. and noble or on and on and on right uh, you google something they're gonna show you some other stuff that's right so well, cookies and things. take take that idea of you might also like right 
and take it out of technology and put it into life, mm. right? Mm. You have a pleasant uh, Kasim Gaines going to the city for to discuss his next book. And um, he gets into a polite cl- uh, conversation with um, a petite blonde with striking blue eyes. Mm. And then every two blocks, another petite blonde with striking blue eyes, <laughs> you know? And, and all of a sudden the world starts changing to that, you know, and what happened to the diverse, what it, you know, and that kind of stuff. Or it could go the other way, you know, again, that's kind of homogenizing the world, mm. which I think algorithms do. Um, I think that's the right term for it. Excuse me if it's not. Uh, send your cards and letters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other way might be where, say, someone, let's go back to white privilege, someone who's, who's definitely of that category and uh, has approval to of uh, someone that is falls into their uh, approval category. And then they meet someone else who seems to fit that category. And as they get to like them and see them as human beings of great value, slowly the visuals start changing and the physicality mm. starts changing. And they begin to see not what they want to see, but who that person actually is, which is if it's white privilege, it's a person of color, and they start, you know, in that way, we pull them into, mm-hmm. you know, a wider scope of humanity, you know? So there's a couple of versions for that. Can't wait to see what Alex Simmons has to say about this possibility. Well, all I was going to say to that is, you know, we've, we've been so, so deep, so deep, so, so intense, that I just wanted to make that a little bit of a comedy and take it to a little bit of the extreme. And so it's not only the blonde, but it's multiple cups of that great coffee that he had. It's multiple pieces of that pie that he had. You know, it's 27 <laughs> copies of the same shirt in his wardrobe. You know, you might, but with a different a different color here or there. You might also like you might you know so that it gets ridiculous. You know, <laughs> it's that Monty Python a little bit sketch, too. You know? Know? It's yeah. that Monty Python sketch in the Meaning of Life, where that big heavy guy is in there, and they keep serving him food and shoveling pizza, and then. I'm going to need another bite. He's a mint. <laughs> Just one little bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that's. Yeah. I think that's. I like that idea a lot. I think that's. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Which because so much of our life. Well, because so much of our lives are online. It seems like, and so much. You know, you say something, and it seems like you know you get things in a. You know your email about you know with advertisements of of things that you just happened to mention, and so this idea that somehow your actual reality starts to get curated right, by right. the experiences is sort of a and and to Alex's point, you could see it either taking a dark turn or you could take it you could see it being almost a, a parody of that. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, when we were first recording this podcast, you know I have notifications that come down. You guys can't see it, but I see them. And uh, we're about five or ten minutes into the podcast, and a notification comes down to monetize your podcast. (laughs) That's a little too close for right now. Get out of here. (laughs) Well, this is this has been great, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think what I mirror what you say, Chris. I can't wait to see what he has done with this season. All the writers and actors and people who are involved. Remember, Damon Wayne Jr. is in one of the episodes. So that's in Keenan, you know, and Damian Way and the, the brothers, you know, from uh, In Living Color and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Well, the offspring of one of them is in one of the shows, one of the episodes. So it should be just interesting to see what happens with uh, with this season. And, 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 and we should have a callback. Somehow we should we should get together again and discuss what happened. What they did, how <laughs> on point or what point we were. Yeah, did, were we com- all completely off and was it only about, you know, raspberry ice cream the entire yeah. season? What the hell happened? Right. I'm, a, I'm a competitive person, so I want to I archive this and go back and see who had the better stories, the ones that made it on the air or the ones that were workshop. And that, that episode will be called Hire Us. <laughs> Hire Us 2. Tell the damn story. There you go. And on that note, that's a good one. Beautifully done. Yes. 
Kasim, well, well, it was wonderful. a lot of fun, and it, it shows creative minds. And yep. I, I think hopefully people had a good time with stuff. Yep. So, Kasim, as always, a pleasure having you on board, man. Always a, a pleasure fun, to be man. here. We will talk twice right. soon. You're great. Thanks. You know, you're short, but that's okay. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, my, give my love to the family. Yeah. When does uh, when does uh, Twilight Zone season two premiere? June twenty fifth. June twenty fifth. On what station? CBS and oh, CBS yes, access. All access. All yep, access. That's right. That's right. All right. Be there. Aloha. No, that's the other show. Okay. Take care, everybody. Jordan Peele owes us an appearance. That's take right. Care. Hey, no, he owes us for all the PR. That's what it is. <laughs> Bye, guys. Come on and say you were all wrong. <laughs> Peace.